Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Quaybog Church podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! It really is uh, an honor and humbling to be asked by such good friends, uh, such a good friend Kyle to me, to be able to be with you uh, today, being a pastor and knowing how precious people are and our responsibility and how heavy that is for us to be able to yield um, a morning when we're not with you very often to have someone come in their stead and share the word uh, is a tremendous blessing. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be with you. Uh, Kyle is, like I mentioned, and so is Pastor Tim, uh, very good friends to me. Uh, when I first got here about three years ago, Pastor Kyle immediately uh, jumped in and offered himself in his friendship, and I've been forever grateful. Now, some of you I got to meet at Crossing Massachusetts back in November, if you recall. A great opportunity uh, that day. Uh, Bethlehem Bill Wells was the runner, and so uh, we were sponsors of that event and then got to partner with Kyle and many churches in the state of Massachusetts. Some great stories came out of that, but regardless, a really great opportunity to be with you today. So thank you for uh, being gracious and allowing me to be with you. You're in this series in Genesis, which uh, really is a pretty wild one. I was talking with Tim in between, Pastor Tim in between services, and he shared where he's going to be uh, coming up in messages, and that, that'll be quite a whopper, uh, Pastor Tim. Uh, so I'll look forward, I told him I'll look forward to watching that after it's over and seeing how that went. Uh, we also want to say thank you so much online folks for being with us, um, being a guest. Uh, Kyle, Pastor Kyle will be back, I think, in a couple of weeks. Uh, Pastor Tim back with you, so uh, make sure you tune back in to hear the right guy, right? Um, uh, all these guys are, are real deals. Uh, before I really get started, I want to just mention one more thing. You know, pastors, it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, I mean, we're, we're odd ducks anyway in a lot of uh, ways, but rarely do we get the opportunity to ask for a specific prayer for ourselves because we're so uh, focused on caring for those God has given us care over. And so with Pastor Kyle, Pastor Tim, Lisa, and Sarah, I encourage you, continually pray for those whom God has placed in ministry in your place. There's a great verse, which I don't think any of them would probably ever read, but I get to become a guest, so I'm going to read it, uh, and, and it's really true. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them. Now you know why. <laughs> he probably wouldn't read that himself. Uh, for they are keeping watch over your souls, and those who will have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So as you continue to serve with uh, your pastors and uh, your staff, continue to make it a joyous experience for them in doing that. Uh, it's important for us to obey God's Word in that. Uh, this series title again for the book of Genesis, where it all began. So as you know, in the weeks that you've already covered in Genesis, Adam and Eve, of course, the beginning sinned, dispelled from the garden, and as a result, we too all are born into sin. The only exception is Jesus, who, by the virgin birth, uh, was born in perfection, lived out perfection, died on the cross in perfection, taking our sin upon himself, uh, and giving us opportunity for what, again, the title of this message, The Road to Redemption, Part 2, 
The Dean began last week, part one, the only true Redeemer, Savior, being Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there is only one path, one course, and that being through the person of Jesus. It's also important for us to remember, and you constantly work through this, as you've already started again in Genesis, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, the entirety of the Bible is about Jesus, start to finish. Redemption, the redemptive work of God. And so today, as we continue again along with what uh, Dean shared last week in his message, it was a joy to be able to watch him bring that, uh, the results of Cain and where Cain uh, struggled this uh, sin that he committed and realizing and recognizing he needed redemption, that everyone following needed redemption, that everyone following us needs redemption, and that we too need redemption. Okay, so what does this word redemption or to redeem mean? To redeem means to atone for, to take the place of, to pay the penalty or price for another. And so Jesus redeemed us, gave us opportunity for redemption by, again, taking our place on the cross. What we rightly deserve is death, hell, and separation because of our sin. But the goodness of God in sending Jesus to live and die and rise again, taking our sin upon himself, gives us opportunity to be redeemed, taking our place, making us right before him. The only way, again. All right, back to Genesis. With Adam and Eve, the need for redemption was evident. And so today, we will continue to see what was begun last week. The road to redemption is available to all. Let's read Genesis chapter 4, verses 17 through 26. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built the city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad. And Irad fathered Mahujiel, and Mahujiel fathered Methushiel, and Methushiel fathered Lamech. And Lamech took two wives. The names of one, the name of one was Ada, the name of the other is Zillah. Ada bore Jabel. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the lyre and pipe. Zillah also bore Tubal Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal Cain was Naamah. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth was also a son born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Let's pray together. So, Father, now as we approach this time in your word, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, we pray that everything that is from you would stick that everything else would fall by the wayside. Help us in these moments, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I know that at times, looking at names in a list, genealogy accounts in the Bible, can 
seem pretty boring. I, I was talking uh, with uh, uh, one of your church family afterwards, uh, after first service, and she said, yeah, if I ever want to go to sleep at night. <laughs> but Leviticus, Numbers, right? You see all the lists of names, understandably so. But I love hearing the stories of people, historical accounts of how each individual has surrendered their life to Jesus and what God has done since. I'm sure you enjoy hearing stories like that as well. So each name that's included in this genealogical account has a story behind them in the way that they worked, grew, functioned, and we're going to look at a couple of those in particular today, looking at their stories and some of the ways in which God's worked. But in the midst of this, there are a couple of really pretty prime issues that we come across very quickly that have been questions for the ages, uh, really. First issue, issue number one. Now, before that, the Bible provides the best account in all of the world in how the human race multiplied. But there are facts that surround it with only one man and one woman that are problematic for us at times. Uh, the Adam and Eve relationship is an easy one. God created Adam, and then he took a rib from Adam, and he created Eve. Adam being from the dust of the ground, Eve coming from the rib, that makes sense to us. But then this genealogical mess that follows is really where it gets challenging. Now, history tells us Cain's wife's name was Avon, uh, not to be confused with Avon the product. Uh, did you realize Avon is still in business? $9.1 billion in sales in 2020. Still 135th year 2021. This is not the same Avon, and I don't know if they even pulled the name from that regardless. Um, this would be a close relative, obviously, to Cain. Either his sister, or it would have been a niece of his. Ken Ham, I don't know if you're familiar with him, the founder of Answers in Genesis, said this. This answer may sound revolting for those who grew up in societies that have attached the stigma to such an idea. But if we start from Scripture, the answer is clear. The laws of marrying family members were initially given as part of the Mosaic Covenant approximately 2,500 years after God created Adam and Eve. In today's world, this would be incest, but originally there would have been no problem with it. God had to multiply the planet, determine how to do it, and that's how he did it. So even though it may be problematic for us in the way things started, we look at Scripture and the truth of Scripture, and we can, in the midst of that, at least be settled enough to know and believe that the sovereign God knew what he was doing. Issue number two. Avon bore Enoch. And to Enoch was born Irad. And a total of three generations later, to Methusiel came Lamech. Now, Lamech was the first in all of Scripture to marry two wives, Ada and Zillah, the first account of polygamy. It's important for us to first recognize that the Bible does not say why God allowed it. But we do know that allowance is not the same as approval. In patriarchal societies, it was nearly impossible for unmarried women to provide for themselves, many being uneducated and untrained. Praise God, in the United States, we don't live in that type of a culture anymore. Where it's designed that way, it is not. Uh, women then heavily relied on fathers, brothers, and husbands for provision and protection. This may have been the mercy of God being displayed in the early days to remove what would have been the result of their being destitute 
otherwise. We also know of the need for rapid growth of the human race. Another reason that God may have allowed it at that point. Even though we see the history in the Old Testament of it taking place, we know the Bible represents the plan of monogamy and conforms to that pattern, the ideal marriage, obviously first being mentioned in Genesis 2.24, and then if we look in the New Testament, in particular in Ephesians, and the other passages that talk about the husband-wife relationship, we clearly see it is intended one man, one woman, becoming one flesh for life. And then, of course, we know the verse um, where two strands are, but a third strand is not easily broken. Of course, Christ being woven in. Now, with what you'll study together as a church family beginning in Genesis 5 in the future, we'll see again God resetting the human race. But we know that the call for them, even then, was Genesis 9-7. And you, be fruitful and multiply, increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Since that time, not so. Not the part about not multiplying, obviously. We still need to do that, but not in the same way. Back to Cain. If we recall, he stated from last week, from what Dean had shared with you, that this punishment that God had given him as a result of the consequence of his sin was too great for him to bear. I remember the weight of that had to have been a very heavy for him. However, he did continue on through life. He settled in the land east um, uh, in Nod, east of the Garden of Eden. But it was a great it was a great pressure for him, very difficult for him to continue man's life. And, and you know this to be true. We even sung of it this morning. We all experience at times things that are very difficult and challenging for us. We are not told that once we surrender our lives to Jesus, we will be without suffering. In fact, if we read the book of James, the letter of James, we will see that suffering is built in a lot of believers. And really, it's built in to the human race in general. But in this specific time period, Cain, overwhelmed by the consequence of what he had done. And what is so interesting is that God did not remove the consequence from Cain. He existed that way. Remember, he even, as Dean shared, put a mark on Cain so no one could kill him because he was afraid of that or concerned about that hearing of what had happened. So we see in his life the consequence remained. We know in another moment we're going to look at another individual with him that was not the case. But grace, this idea of unmerited favor that God gives us, that Dean actually prayed before I uh, came up and began to speak about uh, thanking the Lord for His grace and for His mercy, grace, unmerited favor, not getting what we deserve. If we got what we deserve, and you know this to be true, every one of us, eternity, separated from God in hell because of our sin, but by the grace of God, we have opportunity once again for redemption. We all have access to the forgiveness of God initially at salvation and then throughout the entirety of our lives. First John 1, nine, if we confess our sin... He's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness, the forgiveness of God. And then we know Psalm 103.12, as far as the east is from the west, so far is your sin removed from you. What a gift, a gracious gift of God if we are found in Christ. Now, Ada and Jabel were the people who lived in tents and multiplied the livestock, and Jubal created musical instruments. And we'll see following and the people worshiping God, utilizing those. Now, Zillow bore Tubal Cain, a worker of bronze, and then had a daughter 
manna, and we also see followed in his father's footsteps by committing murder. Look again at verses 23 to 24. Lamech said to his two wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. Now, Lamech, with his wives, was post- boasting of this sin that he had committed in killing a man. But even more so, what's interesting if we compare him with Cain is that there are no evident consequences that immediately came to Lamech. Big difference between the two. What does that show? Well, the grace of God. That there are times when there are consequences that should be faced or severe, and then God steps in and provides a way for those not to be fully recognized. Now, some would say, which I tend to agree, that Lamech at some point uh, went crazy to a degree, uh, lost his mind. Some would say that he uh, remained in that same position for uh, all of his days following. One of the reasons that they get for that is the number of kids that he had. And for those of us who have kids, we can understand, right? At times we feel like we're absolutely going out of our minds. How many times do I have to tell you to clean your room? Would you please move your dish from the table to the sink? I'm begging you, move your shoes. Right? It can drive us crazy. Now, those are just surface pieces, right? But then there are deeper issues. So, uh, regardless of what caused this in his life, it was realized by uh, the individuals at that time that something had, had gone wrong with him. And we can all understand that, kids or otherwise, because of the pandemic. I don't know if you've looked at the last three months or so, some of the reports that are coming out. Of course, they're not fully new, but the, uh, the effects, the after effects of that 18-month in particular period continue to uh, impact the way life is lived. So uh, I don't know how you experienced that personally, if the isolation uh, for you was, was detrimental, if it was healthy, if the time that you experienced in that with your family uh, was one that drew you closer together, that caused you to, to split apart. I, I don't know where you were in that, but the pressure of that, along with real life, regular life, was intense. He was in a, in a tense a situation here. Lamech was with all that was happening, very difficult. We can understand difficulty in the same way. Genesis 4, 25 to 26, once again, let's, let's look at those. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. First she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So Eve bore Seth. And she believed that was the replacement for Cain killing Abel for the son that she lost. His name actually meaning set in place of. It's a good place for us to note now, especially with uh, our celebration of Christ's birth five months from now, this lineage or this seed or this line to which Jesus was born. If we go to Luke chapter 3, verses 37 to 38. The son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enoch, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. 
that's the lineage, that's the line, that being in the line directly to where Jesus, who Jesus would be, where he would be born from in the midst of that. It's important for us to know historical accounts and genealogical uh, accounts of what took place and where Jesus came from. He came uh, from this particular line. It's also interesting in this replacement for. You know, have something bad happen that within a period of sometimes very quickly, sometimes months God did something to replace what was once bad, making it good, showing His grace and His mercy in our lives by doing that, by replacing what was for something that is. We all had opportunities like that in our lives where God has stepped in and He's healed or He's relationally repaired or he's actually replaced whatever was lost to consider Job in the midst of his life and all that he lost, a man after uh, God's own heart, this man just like, in some regard, David, not same position because of King David, but the righteous man that Job was, that he was declared everything being taken and then everything being restored even more so. It's possible that your life has seen that type of replacement, a relational loss, a physical loss, emotional loss, maybe even to a degree a spiritual loss. I don't know your backgrounds as far as where you came from before you wound up at Quaybach. This may have been your church since birth. Uh, Maybe you are newer to the church family. Maybe you've been here for 20 to 30 years. It's possible that you had a poor experience, a bad experience before coming here. And in the midst of God bringing you here, He has not just replaced, but restored and renewed and now you're serving, and you can see the goodness of God in all the where He brought you from, and where He's brought you to. It's a great church. Quaybach is a great church focused on the mindset of sharing the gospel and your stories, and of course the three tenets that are on the wall: worship, connect, and serve. The names that were on in the photos before. In the beginning of the service, when the announcements were being given, opportunity to serve. We all have that same opportunity to be able to pour our lives out in this way. That's God in some regard, if you've had a poor experience for replacing, restoring, renewing. It's the goodness of God once again being seen. It's what Eve felt. Wow. God, you replaced. Now, from the 30,000 foot level, what do we see? A little sovereignty of God shining through once again. Evil continues to try to thwart the plans of God. But evil cannot thwart the plans of God. He thwarts the plans of evil because his purpose is greater, because he is sovereign, and because nothing can overtake God. Well, Seth then bore a son named Enosh. Look again at verse 26. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So key. People then began to call upon the name of the Lord. What a turn. What a change in the family life. What a directive difference where Seth had a heart for the Lord and his line followed that. uh, his, 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 uh, His genealogical line followed that track of walking with God. Now, some of you, came from homes where your parents either didn't know the Lord 
Christian walk with the Lord. No relational construct at all. And so, in essence, you were raised without having this awareness of who God is. And at some point in your life, God intersected you. You surrendered your life to Him. And you determined that your family would be different. That's my parents. My mom, strong Lutheran background, was involved in a surface religion relationship as she had seen with the construct of her family, had never surrendered her life to Christ. My dad, Catholic background, very involved, but no relationship with Jesus. He didn't catch it from where he was, even though he was serving, actually left the home at age 16 because his mom was abusive. Dad left when he was little, never knew his dad. And he had to get out and do his thing. That may be similar to some of your stories as well, where you had to leave your home before what is supposed to be the designated time to provide for yourself. So my mom, in December, in the late 70s, with some friends who came over and shared the gospel with her, surrendered her life to Jesus. She described it as kneeling beside the trash can <laughs> late at night with her friends and surrendered her life to Christ. Went and woke my dad up, who was sleeping, told my dad, I received the Holy Spirit. I got saved tonight. My dad, what? <laughs> you guys know you've been woken up, kind of out of deep sleep, and what are you talking about? Uh, I found Jesus tonight. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> Dad, back to bed. Four months later, do you remember that movie, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, that mini-series that came out in the 1970s? Some of you may remember that. You guys remember that one? Uh, it's long. It's a long scriptural account. My dad, in the 70s, four months after my mom surrendered her life to Jesus, um, watched that entire series. The last night, my dad saw Jesus on the cross depicted in that show and cried out to Christ and changed his life. So my dad from that moment and my mom from four months, four months before, my two sisters and I, determined the trek of our family is going to be different. We're going to teach our kids to know Jesus. We're going to walk with Jesus. And that's it. Unlike what my mom and dad experienced, that may be you. Maybe you came from that type of a family home where you made the decision after Christ radically changed your life. My family will not follow the same pattern. You may have been blessed and you're feeling to be strong believers and you're on continuing in the same line or pattern. Maybe it's still an in-between space for you. I don't know where you are or where you've been. You do. The Lord does. But the point in the plan that God has for us is this. He desires and intends for us to know Him and to walk with Him. To know Him comes first. And that comes by surrendering our lives to Him. Seth made the concerted decision, I am going to walk with God. And he did. And from his line again came Jesus. It also, from his line, came individual and corporate worship of the one true God by playing instruments. And from what I understand, singing. Now, singing happened before that. I'm sure a cappella. Uh, I don't know if you have a musical gift in any way, shape, or form, whether it be playing an instrument or be singing. Um, if you do, you are uh, way past me. I don't sing on microphones. On purpose, my family does, but I don't. And I am continually amazed at those who can play instruments. Uh, those are God-given gifts, in my opinion. Continue to use those for the edification of the body and for your personal and corporate worship. But I am so thankful for Seth. His line proves to be faithful to God, of whom the patriarch, the nation of Israel, would come. And, of course, as was mentioned, 
Christ. All right, let's wrap up uh, this morning. A couple more things and we'll be done. Do you remember the moment that you surrendered your life to Jesus if you have? How old were you? Where were you? Who was with you? From 5 to 95, as was mentioned, everyone has a story. Do you remember how it felt to really be clean for the first time? Regardless of the age you were when you surrendered to Jesus, being found in Him, remembering what that was, not just what that felt like, but the reality of actually being forgiven, of actually being clean before the King based on the blood of Jesus covering your sin. You see, it's important for us to remember that moment or that time period in our lives. It's really critical. It, it was for King David. Remember Psalm 51 after he committed adultery with Bathsheba? Where did he go? Well, in this psalm, he went to the Lord. And what did he pray in that? Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. When he was at one of his lowest points in his life, and because of the sin, there were consequences that came. The kingdom was affected from that point forward. He went to Jesus and he went to God and he said, what? He said, God, please restore to me the joy of my salvation, remembering the moment. How long has it been since you've remembered the moment? Where are you today? Struggling? Having difficulty? Trying to grasp for hope? and you're a follower of Jesus, and you're in this space, whatever has come your way, the challenges, the hardships, the suffering. And at times, in the midst of it, it, it's hard to even see God. Because our lives become so clouded, and riddled with difficulty. And this life, you know, is riddled with difficulty. If you find yourself today there, I encourage you, Spend some time remembering when Christ saved you. And then allow Him to bring joy back into your life because you know this well. Two things remain from this planet. God's Word and people. If you're found in Christ, redeemed, his taking our penalty upon himself, the perfect one, has redeemed us, made us new. Our eternity is secure. Our relationship with him is secure. And the one who knows us, the God of the universe, the creator of us, who knows every hair on our head, everyone is numbered, loves us that intently. Him restoring our joy can bring us back to that level space. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you just need to come back to the level of space. Now, you may be here today and you're walking with the Lord and growing. You're sharing your faith actively and God's moving and you're in a great space. I encourage you, continue to seek the Lord. Continue walking with Him because though you may not be in a difficult situation right now, you know this well. 
there's one right around the corner and it's waiting for you. And we have to be ready. And we have to walk with God in the good times and the challenges. Last one. If you're not finding Jesus, if you're still on that journey to Him, you've never surrendered your life, what are you waiting for? What's keeping you back from giving your life to Him? Best decision I've ever made. Fifteen years old, had a hay rack ride, hot dog roast, s'mores night, heard the gospel in a way that I never had. Romans 5 8, God demonstrates his love for us in this world. We were still sinners. Christ died for us. What does that mean? That at our worst and our ugliest and the farthest separated, he loved us so much, me so much in that moment that he died for me. At my worst, he did the same for you. And the God of the universe, the creator of all of it, wants a relationship with you. What would keep you from crying out to him today? I implore you, cry out to him. He's waiting for you. Oh, how he loves you. And oh, how the staff loves you. And from what I could tell when I was downstairs prepping for this one in the offices, man, you guys love each other. The conversation I heard downstairs, there's a sweetness to that. If you're in it, stay in it. And if you've not jumped in the flow yet, jump in the flow. This is a great church family. A great place for you. Oh, how good luck you today. Awesome. Hey, thank you, Pastor Darren. Um, on your way out, make sure to shake his hand. Um, he's a really good guy. He has a lot to say, even out of the pulpit. Um, but I don't know about you, I've never heard such a gospel presentation out of genealogies. And so <laughs> we're grateful that you got this one. Um, but let's join in prayer together. Uh, Father, we thank you for this time that we got to spend together. Uh, we thank you for such an awesome church family. Uh, I pray that as we've heard through uh, the message that you prepared in Pastor Darren. Uh, I pray that we can take this to heart. We can see the redemptive work you've done in us, are doing in us, or may do in us. Uh, I pray that we can see your power clearly. Uh, I pray that as we leave today, we leave uh, changed by your word, that we don't uh, rest on who we are, who we've been, that we don't default into, all right, I'll launch, but instead, we can dwell on your word. You've done something amazing. You, you paid a price that we could never by sending your son. And so I pray that as uh, wherever we're coming from, that you're the one that does the work, that you're restoring us. As we go into our missions field, the sign on the exit uh, says you're now entering your missions field. As we enter our missions field, I pray that uh, we're mindful that every single person we interact with is loved by you, even if they're not loved by us. And so I pray that you're with us today, this week, as we head out, uh, that we can hold on to your redemptive power in your gospel. Put us on your name. Amen. All right, church. Well, I hope you have a great week. You're now entering the missions field. Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. 
Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.